Hi, this is Gaurav from newslaundry.com and you're listening to Daily Dose. Today's Tuesday, April 23rd and the top story of the day is Phase 3 of voting begins in 117 seats across 13 states and 2 union territories. 117 Lok Sabha seats across 13 states and 2 union territories went to polls in the third phase of the 2019 general elections today. In the first two phases, polling was held to 91 and 95 seats on April 11th and April 18th respectively. Of the seven phases, this is the largest polling phase. Voting is taking place for all 26 constituencies in Gujarat, all 20 seats in Kerala, 14 each in Maharashtra and Karnataka, 10 in Uttar Pradesh, 7 in Chhattisgarh, 6 in Odisha, 5 each in Bihar and West Bengal, 4 in Assam, 2 in Goa, 1 each in Jammu and Kashmir, Dadra and Nagar Haveli, Daman and Diu and Tripura. Polling in the Tripura East Lok Sabha seat, which was postponed due to law and order considerations, will also be held today. Bipoles in four assembly seats in Gujarat are also underway. An initial probe into the deadly bombings that killed more than 300 people in Sri Lanka shows that it was a I quote retaliation for Christchurch close quote said the country's state minister of defense Ruwan Vijayawardena he told parliament I quote the preliminary investigations have revealed that what happened in Sri Lanka was in retaliation for the attack against muslims in Christchurch close quote according to the guardian an intelligence memo was circulated to some people in the government in the weeks before the attack It noted that one member of the terrorist group identified as having perpetrated the bombings had started to update his social media accounts with extremist content in the aftermath of the shootings by a right-wing extremist in New Zealand who killed 50 people. However, terrorism researchers have said the sophisticated nature of the attack and the equipment used would likely have required months of preparation which included conditioning the suicide bombers and testing the explosives. Sri Lanka observed 3 minutes of silence on Tuesday to honor those who had lost their lives in the attack. The silence began at 8:30 a.m., the time that the first of six bombs detonated on Sunday morning. After silence was observed, Vijayawardena also told parliament that the death toll had climbed to 321 people, including 38 foreigners, and reiterated that the prime minister and other key officials were never told about the possibility of an impending attack. However, by early evening, the country had placed all police stations in Colombo on high alert as police officials were on the hunt for an unidentified container truck and van believed to be carrying explosives. A warning issued by the director of security at the Colombo Harbour said intelligence had found information that an unidentified container truck and a van carrying a potential explosive device was heading towards Colombo. A little later, Reuters stated that terror outfit Islamic State had claimed responsibility for the Easter bombings. The Supreme Court on Tuesday directed the Gujarat government to pay a compensation of 50 lakh rupees as well as provide a government job to Bilkis Bano, a woman who was gang raped during the Gujarat riots of 2002. Bano, who was pregnant and just 21 years old at the time, was gang raped on March 3, 2002 in Randikpur village while attempting to flee the violence that ensued in the aftermath of the Godhra train burning in Gujarat. Her 3-year-old child was killed during the riots. After noting that Bano had been living a nomadic life since 2002, the bench of CGI Gogoi, Justices Deepak Gupta and Justice Sanjeev Khanna also directed the government to provide her accommodation at a place of her choice. I quote, "Feel lucky that we are not observing anything against your government in the order." Close quote. CGI Gogoi told Hemantika Wahi, the standing counsel of Gujarat, on May 4, 2017, the Bombay High Court had upheld the conviction and life imprisonment of 12 people involved in the gang rape case while setting aside the acquittal of 7 people including policemen and doctors. A trial court while sentencing 11 people to life imprisonment on January 21, 2008 had acquitted 5 police officers and 2 government doctors by giving them the benefit of the doubt. 
Last month, the Supreme Court had asked the state government to complete disciplinary action against police officials convicted by the Bombay High Court. Bano had earlier refused to accept compensation of 5 lakh rupees offered by the Gujarat government and had approached the top court seeking exemplary compensation. The Supreme Court on Tuesday also issued a notice in the contempt petition filed against Congress President Rahul Gandhi for attributing Chaukidar Chorhe remarks to the Supreme Court. The bench, led by CGI Ranjan Gogoi, said that the petition will be considered on April 30th, along with the review petition filed against the December 14 verdict in the Rafael case. Senior advocate Mukul Rotagi, appearing for the contempt petitioner BJP MP Minakshi Lekhi, who has sought criminal contempt against Rahul Gandhi for wrongfully attributing statements to the Apex Court, said that Gandhi had not offered any apology for the remark. In response to this, senior advocate A.M. Singhvi said that Gandhi had expressed regret for wrongfully mixing up the Chaukida remarks along with his comments on the Supreme Court's verdict in the Rafael Review. Singhvi also submitted that PM Narendra Modi had misquoted the judgment to state that the court had given clean shit to him in the Rafael corruption allegations. Myanmar's top court on Tuesday rejected the final appeal made by two jailed Reuters journalists, Wa Lone and Cho Se U, and upheld seven-year prison sentences for their reporting on the military's brutal crackdown on Rohingya Muslims. The two reporters had worked on an investigation of the killing of 10 Rohingya villagers in Indin village, for which the Myanmar government last year said seven soldiers were sentenced to up to 10 years in prison with hard labour. The duo, who are being held in a prison in Yangon, had earlier this month shared with their colleagues the Pulitzer Prize for international reporting. Although they were not present for the ruling, their wives were. Cho Se U's wife broke down in tears when the ruling was read. The reporters were arrested in December 2017 and sentenced last September after being accused of illegally possessing official documents, which is a violation of a colonial-era law. The duo denied the allegations and contended that they were framed by the police. Their appeal in January to a lower court was rejected on the ground that their lawyers had failed to submit enough evidence to prove they were innocent. International rights groups, media freedom organisations, UN experts and several other governments have condemned the conviction as an injustice and an attack on freedom of the press. The fire which ravaged France's iconic Notre Dame Cathedral received seven times more searches on Google than the bombings which rocked Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday and killed nearly 300 people, reported Al Jazeera. According to data retrieved from Google Trends, search results for both disasters have plateaued since they occurred. But comparisons between both stories reveal that worldwide search interest was at least seven times greater for the keywords Notre Dame over the words Sri Lanka during the past week. Within 24 hours of both incidents, trends say that the Notre Dame fire recorded between five and nine times more search interest than Sri Lanka. There were no deaths reported in the April 15th fire which tore through Paris's famous Gothic cathedral. But analysis of the data reveals that it was only in three countries, neighbouring India, Indonesia and the United Arab Emirates, where searches for the Sri Lanka blasts outnumbered those of the Paris fire. Al Jazeera's data and SEO analyst Gabriel Kalut said one of the factors behind the Notre Dame story's greater search interest was its closer-to-home appeal for an English-speaking Western audience. Here is some stuff that went up on our website www.newslaundry.com that you don't want to miss out on. Also, while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to newslaundry.com and help by paying to keep news free. We choose to do stories that mainstream media tends to ignore, with the limited resources available to us. We could use all the help we can get. The first one is a story by News Laundry's very own Pratik Goyal, which takes a closer look at the affidavit filed against Chief Justice of India Ranjan Gogoi. The report specifically cross-checks the police's role and digs deeper into the FIRs filed against the complainant and her relatives. The other is an article titled, What Really Killed the Jet Airways, written by Vivek Kaul. The neatly explained report, broken down into points, 
traces how the airline's temporary closure goes back to the old English saying, as you sow, so shall you reap, and how Naresh Goel, like most indulgent parents who can't let go of their kids, couldn't let go of Jet. That's all the news we have for you today, folks. Have a good night or a great day, depending on where you're listening to us from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh,